0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. I just want to take a moment to, uh, to pray. As we we're singing that song and as Tina was sharing about Jesus gives us forgiveness, I felt the Lord speak to my heart and say there's some people here that you've asked for forgiveness, but you don't feel you're good enough to receive it. And so you still feel like, well, I've asked, I've begged, I know there is, but I still don't feel forgiven because I don't feel worthy because, wow, the stuff I've done and the stuff I've been through, it's just huge. And your head says, Jesus has forgiven you, but your heart says, I don't know how to receive it. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I just know that word is for some people here today. You say, hey, I've really asked for forgiveness. Maybe there's regrets there's stuff that's happened in your life and you say, God, I know your word says me if I ask, but I just still don't feel like that weight, that wall, that, that regret has been lifted off my life. And I just feel the Holy Spirit, he wants to take a moment just to say, you are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. is for you and he's going to feelings and your heart and your mind catch up with the truth. Now, the Word speaks to you today. Just, just reach up your hand to heaven. I want to pray a prayer of blessing for you because there's so many of us live with regrets. We've, we, we, we make promises to God and then we, we sometimes just mess up and we don't get there. Like, I want to pray right now. And, and in forgiveness, you need to release your heart and release the person. For some of us, it's forgiveness to others that's going to release the forgiveness for you. Lord, I pray right now for each one. In this congregation, especially those that have reached their hands up and said, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, I pray today they would receive the truth that in Christ they are forgiven. They are a new creation. Lord, right now I take authority over that spirit of condemnation, of regret, Lord, of of fears that they're not good enough to receive. Lord, it's not about how good we are, it's how good you are. And today I release a spirit of forgiveness over this house today. Lord, lift that burden off people's souls. Lord, let them walk out of here knowing, knowing, knowing in their heart and their mind that they are forgiven. I thank you for it. And Lord, I pray you'd give them grace to forgive others who have wounded their souls. Lord, that they can release that right now. Maybe you need to say that prayer right now, Lord, I choose to forgive and name the person or the group of people right now, because that's a doorway for your freedom. I pray that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now also, you can put your hands down. Also, there's some people here, you're in pain right now. You've got physical pain in your body. and I want to pray just before we preach, because why should you suffer while we're preaching? You can't concentrate on the word. If you're in pain right now, just reach your hand to heaven. We want to pray for you right now. Someone who's got pain in a, in the back of a gum and in the teeth that's causing a lot of problems and um, just awkwardly, and you get up and you have got pain all day. Just keep it up on high. If you, if someone's got their hand out, why don't you turn and pray a prayer of faith on them right now? Just for 30 seconds. Keep your hand up so others can see. Let's believe right now for the healing power of Jesus. Lord, we just pray for right now the healing power of Jesus. Lord, to lift off that pain over their bodies. Lord, I just pray that that elbow right now, Lord, you would release that pain. That back right now, release the pain, Lord, so that people can (coughs) be free in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your healing over their bodies. Lord, I thank you for healing over their their souls in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, that arthritis pain, we, we pray for healing and release. Lord, we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. By your stripes we are healed. Lord, you carry healing. You carry peace. I thank you for peace right now over people's souls. Lord, peace over people's hearts. Lord, I thank you for ministering your life in the name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. Yeah, God is good. Last night we had our volunteer appreciation night. What an amazing night that was and many people, well over 100 people came out and uh, uh, the church just uh, uh, put on a lovely meal and we had a great night together. We had presented some awards and I uh, just wanted to announce our Volunteer of the Year Award went to Glenda Kynock. Yeah, Glenda was up here singing today and uh, she serves in every area of our church I think we worked out except men's ministry. And I think I found one other she doesn't serve in, otherwise she's in every, every other ministry in our church. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, we just had a, an awesome, awesome time. So it's going to be an annual event. With, uh, We just want to say thank you for loving Jesus and loving Him enough to be on a team and serve the people of our church and our community. So thank you. Open your Bibles um, to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Some of you get on your iPads, some of you uh, look up on the screen. I want to share a well-known story of Jesus, but just have a look at a few fresh perspectives on it. And I'm reading from the Passion Version. Once again, Jesus went to teach the people on the shore of Lake Galilee and a massive crowd surrounded him. I mean, there were thousands of people following Jesus, maybe because they uh, heard uh, or saw the miracles, maybe because he uh, multiplied the food. Others were just captivated by this man who carried something of heaven that they'd never seen or experienced. The crowd was so huge, he had to get into a boat from there. He taught them many things by using parables to illustrate spiritual truth, saying, "'Consider this. A farmer went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell among the beaten path, along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell onto gravel with no topsoil, and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among the thorns, so sprouted, so did the thorns.' crowding up the young plants so they could produce no grain. But some of the seeds fell into good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as it was planted. If you understand this, then you need to respond. Then he said to them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? Let me explain. This was the first major parable he taught. He fully explained this one and the second one, which is about the uh, seed being sowing and the enemy sowing um, weed seeds and, and they grew up. They're the only two parables Jesus fully explained. The rest, he said, if you get these two, you'll be able to interpret the rest. How amazing is that? Then he said, let me explain. The farmer sows the word as seed. So it's the word of God. It's the truth As seed. And what falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the word, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. The seed sown on gravel or stony ground represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully. But because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, they immediately wilt and fall away. And the seed sown among thorns represents those who hear the word, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. As I'm reading this, some of you are thinking, well, I was in one of those spots. Or I know people, that's exactly what's happened. But the seed sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the word, and their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times more than was sown. Now, this is a well known passage. Some of you have read it, probably heard dozens of sermons on it, but every time I read this, I grab something new. And uh, the Aramaic and Greek word used for a parable means a metaphor, an allegory, a simile an illustration, a comparison, a figure of speech, a riddle, or enigmatic saying that is meant to stimulate intense thought. So for all those English teachers, you know what all those words mean. Most of us think, well, I've heard a couple of them. Throughout Hebrew history, wise men, prophets, and teachers used parables and allegories as a preferred method of teaching spiritual truths. Poets would write their riddles, and musicians would sing their proverbs with verbal imagery. Jesus always taught the people by using allegory and parables. Because the Hebrew mindset is very visual. The Greeks loved words, the Hebrews loved pictures. And most Australians are quite visual in our perspective on life. And so, uh, as a true prophet, one of Jesus' preferred methods of teaching was allegory or parables. Let's have a quick look at the four kinds of soil, because really there's four different pictures here of the farmer now you've got to remember in those days they didn't have tractors and great big um, machines to plant the, the grain, so they would have, they would carry a sack of over their shoulder, and in that sack would be seed, and they would walk along and just throw it out like this. They became very skillful, so m- most of the grain would land in the soil in the furrows. And that's how they go. And when I was young, my dad used to plant up sometimes just a small little patch. He had a tractor and in the larger fields he would he would plant with a machine. But sometimes he would just want to plant um, just a little patch of uh, corn or something. And that's how he would do it. I watched my dad sowing the seed. And he was pretty good at it. He'd just grab it and throw it out. Just like Pete's really good at th- Throwing out a fishing line, my dad was really good at just throwing it. And uh, he said he tried to teach me to do it, but you know you'd grab a bit and half it'd fall through your fingers, and then you'd throw it too far it'd be over in the in the grass, and and or you wouldn't throw it far enough and it'd just have a big patch here. And so when the rain came and it grew, you'd have a whole pile of seeds and plants here, and then you'd have a whole big patch that was bare. And I thought, wow, there's quite a skill in doing this. And that's how they. Jesus was saying and as he's teaching this from the water there was probably farmers in the fields right near the edge that they or they saw him doing that as they were walking to hear him preach so Jesus took life situations and explained it so when you're doing that there's some seeds going to fall in different areas and that's what Jesus was teaching so he explains that the four kinds of soil speak of four kinds of hearts number one we have the seed that lands on the hard trodden down path, and there were walkways through the fields, and some would land, and it would be as hard as a rock. So seed that landed there, very little of that, would find a crack in that, and the birds would come and immediately pick it up. You've seen even as you drive through uh, areas here, you'll see up uh, uh, thousands of birds in a field, and they're picking up all the all the seed that didn't go into the ground. And we've seen that. So Jesus is saying. Seed that lands there is typical of hard hearts where the truth just doesn't get in. You know, you can have, you can have uh, a teacher, can have 25 kids in their class and they can teach them a basic truth of maths or English and some kids just grab it and they've, they've learned it. By the end of the day, they've got it. Others, you can say it 153 times and they still haven't got it. It's like their mind or their their ability to learn or receive that truth is just closed off. And before it even has a chance to uh, germinate in their soul, in their mind, it's been snatched away. And that's what it's like with the Holy Spirit's words. How often does the Holy Spirit speak to us? And sometimes after about the 53rd time, we finally get it. Say, how awesome was it? I heard this guest speaker and I finally got this amazing truth. And then the friends say, well, we've been saying that for the last six months in our life groups, in church, and, and we've been praying about that. For... It's like a new revelation. All of a sudden, it's found a spot of soil in their heart and mind, and they've got it. The Holy Spirit, thankfully, is so gracious. It says He always strives with mankind to bring them into the kingdom. Thank God we have a gracious God that if we miss it the first one or two or 353 times, he just keeps sowing until finally some gets in the good soil of our heart and mind. That's why someone's the first time we heard the gospel. Now that can't be true. How, how could God love me? And so it just bounced by the enemy so, so quickly. If you are a Christian, God will be speaking to you. Trust me because I'm going to find a way to provide for you. Say, so, yeah, yeah, I know that. But you still don't actually live with the reality of it and it doesn't grow into truth. God can help you overcome all your fears. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but you still live a fear-filled life. Because the seed of the truth hasn't got into our soul and hasn't germinated and produced life and a crop of freedom from that fear. So we see the activity of Satan come and steal the truth. And it can happen so quickly. And God says, you need to work on the soil of your heart and mind. That's what he's teaching about. The second one the seed fell on gravel or stony ground. There was a little bit of pins st- in the gravel, probably on the side of the paths, on the edge of the good soil. and it says that they will. It says that it will go in but and their hearts will grab it quickly with joy. Wow, this is so exciting what Jesus has said about me. I can live with truth and be forgiven. Yes, but it says because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word of truth, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes, on account of the word. Well, I've seen a whole lot of people blame the devil and blame someone else for why they're not growing in their faith or experiencing what God's word says they should. But sometimes they're just living foolish, unwise areas of their life and they're not loving and forgiving others. And they think, I don't know, life's just so tough. And they're blaming everyone else except having a good look at their heart and their mind and saying, God, why didn't you forgive me? He says, I'm trying to, but you won't forgive all the people around you and you're blaming everyone else for your situation. How can I get through that hardness? But when we finally get it and start to say, wow, Jesus, you have forgiven our sins. You want us to lift condemnation. We don't want us to live with regret. You don't want to live us with a small mindset of all the possibilities God's got for you. And when the pressure comes... Persecution because of the Word, not because of your unwise lifestyle. He said that's when you can change that, but if you don't, you will wilt. I'm amazed that when the rain comes, guess what grows the quickest in your garden? Weeds. How does that work? And when the rain doesn't come, you still got to go and mow the weeds. No grass, you know, but there's still weeds shooting up and I, I just don't understand where they, where they come from. You go down to the Bunnings or to the hardware store or somewhere to buy some seeds to get some pumpkin seeds or whatever else you want to grow. I've never yet seen a packet of weed seeds. I've never ever seen a packet of weed seeds. But they seem to be the ones that just somehow find your, your garden bed and your, wherever you're trying to grow, your flowers or your fruit, weed seeds somehow gets there. And our minds and hearts are a bit like that. The enemy's always out to sow weed seed in our souls, our minds and our hearts. And if the devil's not doing it directly, we've got to, he's got a lot of helpers around who just come and dump negativity and fear and lack and say, no, God could never do that for your family or for your life or our church or ministry because there are weed seeds of doubt, of lack, of shame, And they just keep landing and they seem to grow at five times the rate of the good seeds of truth and love and maturity. So I've learned you've got to keep pulling them out. You've got to keep digging out the weeds. My dad used to say one one year's seeding of weeds, seven years of weeding. Seeds last at least seven years of some of those um, weeds, and I 've proved to be true. We had a couple of patches of uh, wattle trees and other things on our hectare of land we 've got, and I cleared some of those trees because we wanted to get some grass and grow some other mango trees, whatever. Seven years later, there's still young plants coming up from where those trees were. I think we've been hiding all this time. every time you get rain there 's another whole patch. I've learned if you mow them over, that's worse because then they'll just multiply and spread out everywhere. You've actually got to take the time to pull them out, dig them out, or if you're game, spray them with something that will kill them. And our lives are a bit like that. Our minds get filled up with weed seed that grows negative stuff in our souls. And if we don't have the roots go down deep enough... Into the soil of God's faith and truth, the weeds are the ones who will choke out the truth. And how how true is that? And God says, hey, let's get the soil of our heart. Dig some deep roots. Otherwise, when pressure comes, we wilt and fall away. Yet Jesus said, hey, you don't have to live like that. The third one is a crowded heart. So you've got the hard heart on the stone... Where the the enemy just steals it real quick. Second one, we got shallow hearts, where there's not enough depth and there's lots of stones of hardship and pressure and other people's opinions and the weeds that grow so rapidly. Thirdly, it's crowded hearts. We see the activity of the world. So in the first one, the hard heart, we see the activity of Satan. The shallow heart, we see the activity of the flesh and our soul. The third one is the crowd out. we see the activity of the world. This is quite good ground, but there's a whole lot of thorny uh, weeds that grow up quickly. And it says, Jesus explains it, he says, Those who hear the word, but they allow the cares of this life, the seduction of wealth, and the desires for other things, to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces Nothing. So the good things do grow, your tomato plants or your, whatever you planted does grow, but the other things grow quicker and bigger and block out the sunlight, take all the moisture, and you've got this plant, but it hardly gets any tomatoes on because there's 25 weeds choking that plant. And that's what happens in our minds and hearts. Fear and grief and pain and regret and limitations and negativity... They will choke out the life of truth and faith and the tree of righteousness that God wants to grow in our hearts of fruitfulness and enlargement and love and all the amazing things that God calls us to have. The fruits of the Spirit are meant to grow. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, love. But the other weed seed and all the negative works of the flesh, they will grow and choke it out if we don't deal with them and make sure our hearts get right. Wow. And some of those aren't bad things. Blessing and resources and finance are good things, but it can choke out the Word. I remember years ago, we had this lovely young couple came to Christ, and they were just trying to sort their life out, recently married. And when God's blessing came they started a business. They got so successful, they made all this money and were buying houses. Then they stopped coming to church. And then they stopped reading the Word. And after a few years, they dropped totally out Because the desire for wealth and riches overcame them. The very thing that blessed them initially became what choked out the long-term fruit. I thought, how sad is that? Other people grow, get blessed, start a business, blessing flows. They've never forgotten that it's God's blessing that started them on this pathway. And they keep sowing into the kingdom. They keep coming to church. They keep blessing their families and blessing the poor and needy. And they learned that the blessing is to bless others, not about themselves. And so we can't let those things choke out the blessing of God over our life. verse in Revelation 2 about the church of Ephesus that was an amazing church said we honor you because you've learned to tear down the strongholds of darkness you've learned to to live in truth you defend the faith you share the gospel but you said i only have one thing against you you've forgotten your first love I thought, even in the success of being a Christian, don't forget your first love. Don't forget the first love, because the very blessings can seduce our hearts. It's sometimes easier to deal with the strongholds of the enemy coming against because we know it's darkness trying to destroy us. The more subtle things are blessings or comfort. And God says, hey, I want your heart. As Tina shared, the new covenant today. Let's just make sure he's got our heart because then everything else finds its right place. And lastly, the fourth one is the good soil where the roots can go down deep and nourish the plant or tree. I call this the whole, the open hearts. So we've got hard hearts, shallow hearts, crowded hearts and open hearts. To God's truth in our lives. Bearing fruit is never a problem with the seed but with the soil it falls upon. Now you, I meant to bring a packet of seeds but I don't, didn't have any at home but you get a little pumpkin seed or you get even a tinier lettuce seed you can hardly see and some seeds are so tiny you've got to shake the packet to make sure there's anything in them and then if you start to scatter them you start putting them in a row and before you know it you've tipped half the packet in the first... Uh, five centimetres and there's nothing to go the rest because they're so tiny, they just sort of, where do they go? Same colour of the soil, you can't try and find them and spread them out. Seed is very powerful. It's got incredible potential. A tiny seed can grow a lettuce plant, a 50 metre high tree. Incredible, incredible power that God's put in a tiny, tiny little seed. And the Bible says the gospel... The Word of God is a seed. It's an eternal seed. 1 Peter one twenty three says, "...for through the eternal and living Word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that He planted within you can never be destroyed, but will live and grow inside of you forever." So when you have the word of the seed of the gospel of truth, of forgiveness and hope and purpose eternal, it says it can't destroy it. It can be crowded out. It can be swamped. It can be distracted from. But it says it can't be destroyed because the word of the Lord endures forever. And some of you have had prophetic words. Some of you have had scriptures and revelations of Jesus. Don't lose the power of those seeds of the covenant of your marriage. For a blessed life that's going to touch hundreds or thousands of people. Don't let the word be choked out. Don't let it be stolen by the enemy. But let it grow into good soil and see the amazing tree that God wants to build in your life. We need to prepare the soil of our hearts. Get rid of weed seed. Pray the prayer that David prayed, created me a clean heart. Created me a soft heart. God wants you to have strong but soft hearts. A lot of people get hard hearts because they get hurt or they think that's the way I'm meant to do life. Can't trust anyone. What do you got? you got walls around your heart because you've been wounded But God says, I want you to have a strong heart but a soft heart and only He can build that. Where well, your heart's still soft with compassion to the poor and needy. Where well, your heart has grace for that family member who's just is difficult to get along with where you, your heart stays tender and soft and not hardened by sin or shame or regrets, but it also becomes strong so it's resilient and it's not easily swayed. It's not easily loses its focus on what God's called us to do because I believe if we learn to do that, we will see amazing things. It says to add to the word, the seed, faith. The scripture says they added faith to the word and that's why they saw breakthrough. Other people had the word but didn't add faith to it so they didn't action it. So you've got to add to the seed the word faith, action, perseverance, patience, words of affirmation and to confess the truth over our souls. We talk so much about the weeds and the needs and the lack and the problems and the negative things. That's what will grow because what you give attention to will grow. What, what you focus on will increase. What you value appreciates. And so we need to confess the truth that we are overcomers in Christ. That God's called us as a church to transform our city and the beyond with the power of Jesus Christ. To see lives transformed for good. To see families restored. To see the blessing of God overflow. The great power of confession. What we say is what we end up getting. Life and death are in the power of the tongue oh we know that but we need to remind ourselves because or a knife and I reckon we've hacked down a whole lot of good plants in our in our lives that we shouldn't have and God says hey let's speak the truth in love out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks unforgiveness offenses fear negativity can crowd our hearts Jesus come to heal thee broken-hearted whoa oh Lord He'll give you a strong but soft heart. Don't harden your heart like Pharaoh. God has ways of breaking open hard hearts, but He has to bring out the heavy artillery and the heavy machinery. And that's always a painful process. But He loves you too much to let you stay in a hardened state. God's love is there. A couple of scriptures to wrap it up today. Isaiah 61.3 says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, Distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. Hey, let's be trees of righteousness. Let's be tall oaks. Let us be huge, big gum trees. Whatever tree stirs your faith, but let us be trees of righteousness from the little seed that God has created for us. Second Corinthians 9:10 in the Passion says, This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer. Sometimes we don't think we've got enough seeds of faith. God says He'll give you abundant, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, He supplies every need, plus more. Then He multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Well, God loves providing seeds. As you use the ones you've got, opportunities, opportunities, relationships as you sow them with truth he will give you more and people some people say well how come that person seems so blessed and everything they touch seems to just flow and overflow i think one of the things they've learned to sow and use what god's already given them the place of trust opportunities and they've learned to get rid of the weeds you will reap according to the type of seed that you sow if i go out and plant pumpkin seeds You'd think I'd be crazy if I start cursing the ground saying, how come you grew potatoes? You'd think I was crazy. Or I, or I planted the seed for a mango tree and I end up with a, an avocado tree. saying, what are you tricking me? I'm amazed how crazy we are sometimes. We plant seeds of this and we're surprised the crop we get when God says, well, why are you surprised? If you sow the seeds of faith and love and truth and forgiveness and kindness, guess what you'll reap? And sometimes you've got to remember there's a long period between what you sow and what you reap. Some fruit trees take seven years before they get their first crop on. Others, thankfully, only take a few weeks or months. Lettuce grow pretty quick and other things grow quick and your tomatoes, you put it in and a couple months later, you're pulling all this bucketfuls of cherry tomatoes. You know, and God says, hey, don't forget this perseverance. Children are a great example. They take a long time to grow up. Sometimes when they're young, you think, what are they going to turn out like? God, help. When they're teenagers, they say, God, is this going forward or backward? What's going on here? I thought we sowed some good seeds in them. Yes, you did, but it just takes a while for it to grow. It's the same in our journey of faith. We want instant Maturity doesn't work. Last scripture as the team comes. Galatians 6-7 says, Make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seed of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the Spirit. And don't allow yourself to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. This is the word for us today as a church and for your life. You keep planting good seeds, you're going to get a harvest, a good harvest. Just keep planting in prayer, in faith, in love, in kindness in ministry and teaching and sowing. You, we, we will experience a harvest. And we've been preaching it and living it for years and we're already seeing the harvest, but it's increasing. It's increasing because it multiplies. It goes on and says, take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Let's stand in His presence today. What did it say what happened in the good soil? Some multiplied 30 times. Some 60 and some a hundred. A hundredfold increase. And they say that some wheat seeds, if you plant a wheat seed, that they'll sometimes get a hundred or more grains of wheat off that one stalk. And that's what he was talking about. You plant a fruit tree, and might you get way more than hundreds over a few years. Your lives are fruitful. Let's be trees of righteousness that bear good fruit. Keep sowing seeds, no matter what journey you are, whether you're a new Christian that got saved last week or you've been serving Jesus for 50 years, keep planting good seeds and occasionally stop and confess and let the weeding happen so that the stuff that shouldn't be there in our minds or hearts or our mouths just gets taken out so there's more room for the good seed.